0: Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from Inside, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Sci guys for Ted Psy. And Ted, we're back in black this week. Seems so like we got we the uh, this was, memo there. Yeah. This, this was
1: coordinated. Stuff. This is yeah. this is man, it's almost like for brothers. We are not brothers. We need dude, to get no. that out of the way. God, God we no get no that relation so whatsoever.
0: Often. No relation whatsoever. But just yeah, it's a common last name in our community for sure. Brother, so. brother
1: from another mother.
0: There you go. 100 percent 100 percent We are um, so good. But yeah, 100% we're back this week in black, obviously, like we're sort of talking about. But we're back also talking about more draft content because yeah, yeah we, obviously we have now officially made that switch the fantasy season has ended we do have one more fantasy episode planned for you that should hopefully drop later this week maybe it'll drop early next week we'll see about our timing there but 100 we're starting to make that switch to go into all draft content so today uh tad earlier this week on monday january 15th was the last day for underclassmen to declare for the 2024 nfl draft so we're gonna go through that list and discuss you know Guys that declared that maybe shouldn't have declared, guys that didn't declare that maybe should have declared, um, guys that made the right decision. We're gonna cross, like, you know, all those different topics regarding that underclassmen list that officially declared for the 2024 NFL draft. That was on January 15th. And then we're also gonna discuss a little bit of the transfer portal. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of big names on the transfer portal. Lots. Like, I think I remember reading an article, Tad, that there was like 90 quarterbacks on the transfer portal. Maybe I'm, that's a little high. No, I,
1: I wouldn't 100% believe that
0: you think it's that, that, that career. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, sure uh, two, uh, but... was
1: it? The, the Holy cross quarterback. I just saw this on Twitter the other day. The Holy cross quarterbacks now going like James Masson. Or something like even like the holy cross, like D2 guys are making yeah, these well, massive it's true. jumps.
0: It's true. You got a lot of D two guys that come up to D1, which actually would bring up a guy yes, we regarding are. That's that good, for an sure. A really combo. big name there. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna discuss that the second half of the episode. But Tab, before we get into all of that, maybe the fantasy season is done. We're here at the NFL playoffs, but that doesn't mean you're betting with underdog fantasy ends. Because I mean, not only do they cover the NFL season and they got you covered with the NFL playoffs as well. But they got you covered with all sports in between as well. They got you covered with the NBA. We're we'll coming up on the All-Star break within a little less than a month here. MLB, pitchers and catchers is going to be coming up in a month. They got you covered there. Hockey, you can bet on some hockey. You got the Australian Open for tennis going on. You can bet for that. College basketball, MMA. I mean, they got you covered with all sports. So if you want to make some bets with Underdog Fantasy, they got you covered with everything besides just the NFL. Uh, but, I mean, it's a really easy platform to get into, to get into your sports betting sort of fun there on the platform. You make anywhere between two to five different prop picks, whether it's, you know, um, Brock Purdy over, under, one and a half passing touchdowns this, game, this week's game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, you got the head-to-head. I know, Tad, one of your friends really loves the head-to-head aspect, where it's like, you know, who's going to have more receiving yards? Is it going to be Rasheed Rice, or is it going to be Gabe Davis? Like, I mean, you got that head-to-head with the handicap of, like, you know, maybe they'll give Gabe Davis an extra 30 yards. It's like, is going to beat him still, or is it Rasheed Rice the guy that you want? So it's a little bit of interesting strategy there. It's a lot of fun. So you pick anywhere between two to five picks there. The more picks you make the more of a risk it is but also the more money you can win but i mean it's a ton of fun uh really great way to get into some easy sports betting action there and guys underdog fantasy really wants to get you into the action so that's why they gave us a promo code a special promo code for our, uh, uh our podcast here use the promo code decide that's d-e-s-a-i you could double up on your additional deposit Only the first one. Unfortunately, it's not an all deposit. But your first one, your initial deposit of up to $10, up to $500, Underdog Fantasy will match that dollar for dollar. So, Tad, I say this every single episode, but it's very, very true. If you were to bet or put in $500 on your fantasy platform for your account on your first deposit, Underdog will match all $500, and you will have $1,000 to bet on their platform to really get into some fun, easy betting action. It's a ton of fun. Be and Tad use the – I use it pretty much like – three or four times a week. Like, I mean, it's just so much fun. Um, really easy to get into the action. The website's really easy to use. The app is really easy to use, but just a really great partner that we've partnering with for the past two months. And honestly, Tad, it's just been a lot of fun. So use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more, up to $500. I mean, Tad, really can't speak about how great this partnership has been. I say
1: it every episode, and now I actually have tangible proof that this is the most better-friendly site I have ever seen in my life because I did the one thing you should never do when you gamble and I chase my losses. Yeah, I, I put about 20 on the first round of the you know NFL playoff games didn't do so hot. So I was like, you know what I can make and I deposited $50 in the first place. So I spent the next 30 chasing the lost 20. Yeah, don't do that bad idea. Except if you're doing it with underdog, because let me tell you, this is, I swear to God, this story is 100% true, is uh, the last game of the weekend. I hit on four out of five. I did not insure it. So I did not insure it at all. If you don't, if you insure it, you make a little bit of money. If you don't insure it, but you still hit on four out of your five bets, they will give you your initial deposit back. I finished the weekend with the $50 I initially deposited. There you go. I what site does that that is so insanely friendly to you so like hey if you're having bad luck as long as you gamble responsibly which of course you should do you're gonna finish the weekend just fine and plus a lot of these games that I don't really care about since my Indianapolis Colts are out of the playoffs had that much more excitement I have never cheered harder for Joe Flacco to hit a 30 yard pass. I hate Domingo Ryan's, but point being is (laughs) underdog makes betting fun and they make it affordable where it's it won't break the bank. If you have a bad weekend, you can still make it up. So Underdog Fantasy, easily the best betting website out there. 100%
0: 100% accurate. So, Tad, why don't you throw that promo code up there really quickly again. Once again, use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and you can double up on your deposit of $10 or more up to $500. So definitely get into some betting action with the second round of the NFL playoffs, the divisional round. Like I said, you can bet on the NBA as well. Hockey, MMA, boxing, I mean, they got you covered on all fronts. So, yeah, have some fun. Use that promo code. Double up on your money there. So, all right, Tad, let's sort of get into today's episode. We're going to be talking about first, like I said, the – The declaration day for underclassmen was January 15th. That was Monday earlier this week. Um, Underclassmen, that was the last day that they could declare for the 2024 NFL draft. So, I mean, looking through the list, I mean, did you have a guy that you saw that just like, really? He decided to declare? Like, I mean, did you have a questionable pick there? And then on the flip side, do you also or do you only have a guy that, you know, maybe didn't declare that, It was probably a smarter decision if he did. So yeah, either or, what do you got for me?
1: So in terms of guys who, I won't say shocked, but I was like, wow, you declared. Okay. Um, And honestly, I think it's because we just depressed him as we did uh, with most of the fans. Um, Is Amani Bailey, the TCU running back, uh, Mm -hmm. who is a junior and could have come back for another season. And uh, look, I... uh, I'm a former journalist. I have to admit this. Yes, of course, I'm biased. I would have loved for (laughs) Imani Bailey to come back because he was easily the best part of our offense. He's coming off a career best 1200 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, averaging almost five and a half yards per carry. I don't want to imagine what our offense would have looked like without him. It would have been disastrous even more than it was. So the reason it surprised me is because I understand trying to capitalize off your best year. This is not the year to do it. And this is an incredibly tough year with positions all across the board. This is probably the deepest draft I've ever seen in my life. Is it seems like every position is has a viable starter through picks one through 20, which I know seems like, okay, that's not that big of a deal. One through twenty. You hope to get a viable starter in round one. I mean viable starter at every position, one through twenty. That is incredibly rare. Running back is no exception. I think running back is going to be a kind of colder position this year. I don't expect a running back to go before pick fifteen. Honestly, if a running back goes in the first round, I'll be kind of surprised. Maybe that you know later half.
0: And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But, yeah, I don't think a running back is going to go in the first round this year.
1: I mean, maybe one of them sneaks in because that later first round, you you don't really know, but maybe. But, I mean, look at guys like Trey Bunsen, Bucky Irving, Jonathan Brooks, Blake Corum. All of those guys rank ahead of, you know, the – of Amani Bailey, excuse me, I, I blanked on his name for a second. Of Imani Bailey,
0: but that's how forgettable he is because exactly. so that's my point. Is is because is I'm just, it's,
1: it's like a, it's a what's it called? The the no card thing. It's um, when you flip that's through okay. the no cards with the contact information, help me out here. Oh, Rolodex, 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 thank you. It's like a Rolodex of running yeah. backs that's and true. receivers, true. and quarter, especially quarterbacks. That's gonna be a fascinating conversation to have, but it's it's Imani Bailey could have played himself into the first round next year because, and I'll uh, we're going to talk about the uh, next year's quarterback class a little bit later. It's much more shallow. And on top of that, don't forget, and I understand they're allowing underclassmen in now, but don't forget he probably would have been a guaranteed invite to the senior bowl. And people do not, you know, Appreciate how much that skyrockets your draft stock. So, if Mike Bailey had just stayed for another year, I think he could have repeated a very similar performance. TCU is probably going to do better now that we have gotten some great transfers. Our quarterback is on the rise. He is a true sophomore. He's going to be great. And my God, it's just this defense is going to be fixed. Don't you make that face. We're going to be good. So, a better TCU team means better you know publicity along with more you know senior bowl east uh east west invites stuff like that i think he could have been drafted higher had he just stayed for another year
0: now it makes a ton of sense i think it's just the biggest thing is just you know most of these prospects, they're sort of discussing with agents, they're sort of getting a feel as far as like, okay, I think you're going to be drafted, you know, around this round, I think this is sort of your projection as far as what you that you sort of get that can sort of help you make your decision. So I'm just very surprised that, you know, Looking at, like I said, we already listed off a bunch of prospects already. You know, your Trey Bensons, your uh, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, your Blake Cora out of Michigan. Bucky there's a Irving. lot of guys want, that are good. I like at- Bucky Irving a lot. Bucky Irving out of Oregon. Yeah, i still have to watch a lot of these tapes for a lot of these guys. But just like there's a lot of big names. It's just it's very surprising that it's just like he decided that, you know what, I think I could go a little bit later now. Obviously, with the trend in the NFL now, it's like you don't have that three-down running back that you once had. There's very few of those, you know, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott in his prime. You know, those sort of situations are very few and far between now compared to the NFL from, like, maybe 15, 20 years ago. And so maybe he just saw that, and he's like, okay, at least I could carve up a role with some committee once I get drafted. So it's like even if he goes at rounds four or five, he should still see some playing time. And, you know, maybe that obviously accentuated his decision to declare, but... I 100% agree with you. I feel like the running back position has really changed now compared to what it was like, like I said, at least a decade ago where it's like running backs a little bit more prized now. Whereas here we are talking about like, I really doubt a running back is going to get taken in the first round. Like, let alone like before when running backs were taken in the top 10. This is like the entire first round. I don't see it happening.
1: Like I said, borderline with that one, but it is funny you should mention that because I do wonder, and honestly, I think I've kind of convinced myself that uh, part of the reason he decided to commit uh, to the draft is that he looked at, you know, his former teammate, Kendra Miller, and he saw like, okay, this guy didn't do much for the entire season, but then uh, uh, Alvin Kamara's is out for that last game of the season. Kendra Miller puts up a pretty good stat line. Two touchdowns of memory serves, almost five yards a carry in that one game. And he kind of saw that, of like, a similar situation, exactly like what you were saying. Hey, he went in the fourth and fifth round. He played in the exact same system I did. Maybe I can do exactly what he did. But at the same time, yeah, either go, especially with the NIL now, we'll get into that. But with the NIL money, like, it just seems worth it to me to take the game on yourself. But apparently you they agree.
0: Yeah. No, and I completely agree with you because you also have to look at the other TCU you're running back, Amari DiBercano. He yep. went to Arizona. If I remember correctly, he was drafted in the seventh round or he might have gotten like undrafted. I can't remember. But very similar situation. James Conner got hurt. And so he got some playing time with James Conner being hurt. So he looked pretty good for like a week or two. Um, But just that's a lot to bank on. It's not a guarantee that these guys are going to get hurt. You're going to get playing time. It's like, that's a lot to bank on. But you know what? Maybe it's like, you know, you want the financial aspect. Like, maybe that's part of it. But like you said, with the NIL deals, which we'll get to a little bit later here, but just like maybe that's another reason that you can sort of stay at college for one more year. So I don't know. But just, yeah, a little bit surprising with Imani Bailey. So the name I'm going to give you as far as a name that probably should have gone back, but I can also understand why he declared um, Johnny Wilson the wide receiver on Florida state. Interesting. And so, okay. Yeah. So I saw this name and you obviously look at his height and weight. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously that alone will tantalize a lot of NFL scouts. Cause he comes in at six seven, two thirty five. Tad, fun fact. If he does end up getting ends up being drafted and he makes an NFL roster, he will be the second tallest receiver to ever play in the NFL. Quick pop quiz. Do you think who, do you know who is the tallest player to ever play in the NFL? Wide receiver, I should say specifically.
1: DK Metcalf.
0: No, he Damn comes it. in at like six four or something like that. He's shorter what? than Johnny. Wilson, he's always
1: yeah? six four. Oh good god, six, um, three or
0: six four. Yeah, but he's a smaller guy surprisingly compared to Johnny Wilson. True. Any, um, but I'm to any ladies
1: some- listening? I am six one. I swear to god.
0: <laughs> I guess I have you some trouble here, Tab, because I really doubt you'll get this even if I gave you a hundred guesses. Harold Carmichael, Philadelphia oh, of course, legend, he came in at 6'8", also at 235, six, so, oh, Jesus, yeah, 6'8", so was the was tallest broad. wide receiver to ever play in the NFL, so yeah, Johnny Wilson would be the second tallest here at 6'7", so he's got the frame of a tight end, but obviously Florida State actually lined up all over the place, they lined up in the slot, they played him on the outside, he was sort of leveraged all over the place. Um, Clearly, like I said, towers over opposing defenders at the college level. He was able to just sort of showcase those receiving skills, natural hands um, on vertical and deep crossing routes. Um, At his size, though, this was sort of the thing that I think could have warranted him going back to Florida State for another year. He's a big dude, so he doesn't have the sharpest route running skill. So it's like a lot of his routes when he's running a uh, deep cross platter or a slant, it's like very rounded. So it's not a perfect, like, sharp, like a Larry Fitzgerald sharp slant or a Jerry Rice quick, you know, easy, got the cut, and you're ready to go. It's very rounded. So it's like more of like a very long curl as opposed to like an actual slant. Like this, exactly. Yeah. No. So that's exactly what you're seeing there. Um, surprisingly, though, like at his size... You'd think he'd be a dominating Yak player yards after catch, that is, but Based on the tape that I saw, I didn't really see it. He actually was going down with the first tackle a lot of the time, and so you'd think that with that sort of size and that height and just that little bit of you know leverage that he has, you'd think he'd be a better yards after the catch player. Now maybe I need to watch more tape and there's more evidence of that, but I just didn't see it with the limited tape that I did see. Um, so I really think that that could have been sharpened up. Like you either bulk up a little bit or you slip down a little bit, then you'd be a speed threat as opposed to being a dominating presence. So that just was wasn't happening either. Um, hands were good, but they're nowhere near consistent. I think he could be developing that a little bit on some of those deep balls. He was bodying a lot of catches as opposed to using his hands a lot of the time. So those are things he can obviously clean up, but that could get cleaned up in the draft process as well. So like I said, I could understand with his sort of height and his weight that he's going to be like, on a lot of people's radars as far as like, oh, we need to watch out for this guy. But I don't think he's going to run that fast at the 40. So that's probably going to down, uh, downgrade him just a little bit. It really depends on how well he does at the skill in the skills when he gets to the combine. Because 100% he'll get a combine invite. At this size, like, he will for sure get a combine you, invite.
1: You and is this guy going to get a combine invite? I, do you realize how many people get invited to this thing?
0: There's a lot of guys that don't too, though. Okay, but no one, one from
1: Florida it. State is going to get gypped by the combine.
0: No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think the other big reason as to why he probably should have gone back is that if you look at Florida State's receiving core going into next year, exactly. it's very thin because you've got to talk about Keon Coleman, Coleman being drafted as well. Obviously, you got Johnny Wilson leaving, but it's like outside of that, it's like, They don't really have a lot of talent there. And, yes, I understand Jordan Travis is not going to be there as the quarterback either. But you still can be a dependable piece, especially if you're the primary piece now, not Keon Coleman being the primary guy. That could automatically raise your stock a little bit. But as of right now, Tad, I'm seeing him being like a middling day two pick. So somewhere at the top of the round round three, maybe the bottom of round two. But if he were to stay in Florida State, if he decided to do that and he developed his skills a little bit further, there's no question he would have been in the conversation for going for day one. So I'm very surprised to see that, that why not go back and develop your skills a little bit further. But like I said, I think naturally with that height and that weight, somebody told him like, oh yeah, somebody's going to take you in the second round, most likely a third round. But because of that, it's like, why not? Why not? I don't think he compare with some of the draft talent of like your Troy Franklin's from Oregon, Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously, uh, Brian Thomas from LSU, uh, Malik Damer's out of LSU. So it's like, I, he's not going kind to of compare to those guys, but he'll be that second tier guy that a lot of people be like, okay, we could draft, develop this guy, and he could be a better prospect. But yeah, if he came, if he came out in 2025, he would have been a first round pick. I think
1: great minds think alike, just like great minds wear black shirts at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. you absolutely stole my next talking point with that last point of yours. And it's so true is I agree. Like, was that a bad declaration by him to, you no. know, to go no, this no. year? No, no. Cause you're right. Like I, hell I could even, if he does test well, which is up in the air, um, I could <laughs> yeah. see him sneaking into the late first round even now. Um, Interesting. Okay. But exactly right is with Keon Coleman, future Colt out of the picture. Now, shut up. He, It's going to happen. <laughs> he's um, putting every player out of the universe. He's a future Colt. Coleman, and he's going to be great. Keon Coleman, It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, but with Keon Coleman out of the picture of Florida State, yeah, he had the opportunity to put up some big time numbers at Florida State next year. And he just kind of passed on it, which is. Fine, I understand. This is the gamble I understand. Cause uh, uh, with what I was talking about with Monty Bailey, I think he can do better. I can yeah. definitely see Johnny Wilson being like, if I get double teamed, uh, my numbers are actually going to go down. And that happens sure. fairly often. Sure. So I, I understand, you know, just playing it safe. I get it. He took the safe bet, but I really think that he shouldn't have, because a lot of what you were saying reminds me. And it's funny too, that you ended it on. This is I, a lot of what you were saying rings so much like DK Metcalf's scouting report when he yeah. was in the draft. Of, yeah. I, I remember saying the exact same thing. Lazy route running. Because he's just so big. He just doesn't really right. need crisp route running. It's, it's just true, like, I, it's true. okay if you're on me. I'm, you know, four inches taller than you. I'll just grab it. Um, I remember his speed. And that sounds crazy now. but I'm telling you guys, go back and look at DK Metcalf. I'm not saying he was slow before <laughs> anyone yells at me. But he was definitely not nearly as fast as he is now like he really grew in the NFL and you mentioned that with Johnny Wilson too so Johnny Wilson I think is draft wise not talent wise the next DK Metcalf we have this big physical freak can we turn him into something and that usually ends up being as you said a late second to a mid third round pick as if memory serves correctly DK Metcalf was a mid third round pick um second round pick was he a second-round pick? I couldn't remember. Didn't Damn it. I knew I should have yeah. looked it up. Damn it. But anyway, point being, well, hey, he turned out a lot better than Laquan Treadwell, who went before him. Um, yeah, how about that for the throwback name? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I think that Johnny Wilson has a lot of potential, but I agree that had he returned, that you know was a big risk, but a risk that could have paid off huge dividends because, again, it's really weird. I haven't looked into it so far, but 2025, we're basically going from, like, one of the deepest draft classes I've ever seen in 2024 to one of the shallowest so far in 2025. So if you're on that edge, I think I'm always going to go just stay.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. And I'll give you a slide on that one, Tad, because actually, no, you said middle league third-round pick, right? He was actually pick number 64 in the second round, so that was the very last pick in the second round.
1: Ooh. Okay. Wow. My math is way (laughs) off there. I was, I was about to say a very wrong guess, but okay. I knew it was like in that range, but no, I remember that because everybody's like, here's this big physical freak in a picture of him in the Exactly What
0: took him down. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. And, but again, like, yes, he obviously panned out, but I DK is the exception to the rule. So that's just, it's something to be careful of. Um, I'm trying to think of a team that would be a good fit for him. Like I you know here's a team that would be a horrific fit for him. It's like I could see the Patriots drafting him. Of yeah. like this is our new yeah, good more. guy, but like no, that's putting him under immediate pressure. So you need to go to a team. Oh man. Uh you know the Saints would be interesting. Michael Thomaskin or uh uh older and then uh, Chris Olave, obviously like hitting his stride. That'd be an interesting team, but like somewhere where he can develop cuz DK Metcalf was not asked to be the guy. His first like year or two in the NFL, he was able to develop. I think that's Johnny Wilson's best. We're getting draft talk now, but that is Johnny Wilson's (laughs) best case scenario.
0: No, I completely agree with that one. So yeah, we'll see exactly what happens with him. He really needs to have a good draft season in order to improve his coach. If he he
1: bombs at the combine, I could see him dropping to like fifth or sixth.
0: Yeah, that's very, very possible. I don't think he'll drop that far, but I can see him dropping as low as like the fourth. He'll go day three then, Dude, as opposed to going. There's on day always
1: three. a surprise receiver that drops.
0: You're right. You're right. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. But um, yeah. So Johnny Wilson, I think he could have benefited for another year. Monty Bailey, we think could have benefited from another year as well. Um, any guys that you think should have declared that didn't declare? Uh,
1: not really. I do have a guy yeah, that sure. that he he did a good job not declaring because okay so you was, think made the right move okay yes yeah, made the right that. move and because this is a guy that you know especially down here in dallas a lot of talk is surrounding him especially because his backup is getting a lot of hype and that's uh quinn ewers
0: mm, and a lot yep, of
1: people yep, were yep. unsure especially with his backup whose name i can't even remember transferred out and so people were just like oh now it's arch banding time because we just i won't even say weeks i never thought he was going to go for it um everybody just assumed Ewers was going to declare and I've been saying for the last two or three months, he shouldn't because any other year he could be that guy that kind of like sneaks in. And I know this isn't the perfect example because he ended up not going in the first round, but he could be like this year's will Levis where it's a guy coming out of relatively nowhere. Be like, Oh, I, he could be a first round. He could be second. round, I don't know. Like he, he does have that talent, but with the quarterback class this year and look, I'm not, bo nix uh bo nix's biggest fan i'm not uh penix's these x's are gonna drive me nuts i'm not paying uh, penix's god damn it uh biggest fan especially after that national championship but both of them are higher on my draft board than Ewers would have been he -hmm. made the absolute right call going back to texas because you know you look at the stats he put up last year 22 touchdowns six picks you no, know, not great, not terrible, but they were career highs. And it was like, I mean, plus he had a career best, you know, rushing game, uh, rushing season as well. So I think that if he repeats this performance, especially going in a familiar situation, this is a kid who's bounced between a lot of coaches. With Sarkeesian still going there for now, I, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, with that Texas system coming back and that familiarity, I think Ewers can put up even better numbers. And how about this? He could be in the running for the first overall pick next year. So I think that was a really really good call to go back to school because you just potentially went from a second to third rounder borderline. If you can prove it next year, he just catapulted himself in the top 10 because I'm a, just guess, just guess right now. And again, I very little research, but just as of now, who's my number 2 quarterback in uh for the 2025 class?
0: Uh Dylan Gabriel? Shadur
1: Sanders. Shadore Sanders, okay? Okay. That's a weak class because, no, Dylan Gabriel sucks. It's, it's very not interesting.
0: It's going to be very interesting because he obviously got, like, Grayson McCall and Tyler yep. Van Dyke and Riley Leonard and
1: so, Cameron but, yeah, Ward. It's,
0: it's a lot more question mark. It's a lot more question mark. Exactly. So, so really that's why – exactly. So he can um, –
1: him being Quinn Ewers can play himself into that top He's five. He's automatically so he at the top
0: here. of the conversation right now.
1: Automatically. Right. And, and if it was this year, if it was 2024, he doesn't even break the top three
0: for anyone. Oh, definitely not. Be, top, top, like, be, depending on some, top people's, some people's rankings may not even have in the top five, like depending on how you rank them. So, yeah, it's very, yeah, very possible honestly, that he may yeah, not have in the top he five. He probably
1: finished at six or seven on mine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I agree with that, especially, you know, giving Arch Manning a little bit of time to develop under him, too, and he'll take over in 2025. I was avoiding saying his name, but Okay. Uh, But yeah, Quint is going back, I think that's a smart move for sure, going back to that system. Obviously, there's a change in weapons there with, uh, you know, uh, Jatavion Sanders declaring, obviously, and Brooks declaring, obviously. So yeah, we'll see exactly how that plays out. But yeah, I think that's a smart move. So uh, that's all we got there as far as the early declares and the returns there. But as we sort of make this transition here, talking about the transfer portal, Chad, we're sort of talking about Quint Ewers returning back to school, but – you wonder if maybe some NIL buddy came into play too as to oh, the to, to coming back. So, um, obviously it's a big topic, you know, with a lot of college players getting paid for their NIL, that is their name, image, and likeness. In case you're looking for the acronym there, um. And a lot of people are happy about that, but it's also made a lot of changes as far as like we're about to talk about the transfer portal. Like a lot of teams are transferring to transfer to bigger schools, go to uh, better situations where it's like maybe there's some NIL money in it where it's like the boosters can pay them. There's sponsorships from local establishments and car dealerships and name it, what have you, appearing in commercials, whatever it is. So it's like it's really affecting the college landscape. And on one hand. I'm gonna say I'm happy for it because that's how we're getting to the NCAA football game finally. So we finally oh. have a date. When are we getting have a trailer? Date. What's the date? July twelfth. July twelfth. The date okay. has been released, right. as far All as right. when I'll the game that. is coming out. So that is making me super happy already. So summer can't get here soon enough. Um, so on one hand, it's good for things like that. Obviously, like I said, players are getting paid for obviously, you know, playing games that you know a lot of people are taking a lot of stock in, so that's one thing. But on the other side, it's like there's student. Athletes, so it's like, should they be getting paid to play? It's like that enters a different conversation. So I mean, just really quick, Tad. I mean, just what are your opinions about the NIL? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you sort of in the middle? Like, I mean, just what are your thoughts? I've borderline lost friendships
1: to this argument. <laughs> okay. Is uh, my my friends are you know? Shout out to Andrew. Shout out to Matt, Alex, Sheen, Kevin, um, all those guys. Is you know, they're they're the most passionate guys about college football I've ever met. It okay. is a 1v5, 1v6 battle when it comes to the NIL because they all hate it. They despise wow.
0: it. Oh, okay. And
1: okay. I'm okay with it. I like it. Um it needs fixing, obviously. This is the Wild West and this is a perfect example of this and you know, we can talk about it now or later but is Cameron Ward where, you know, he's Bouncing between a couple different schools, and then he says, No, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. And then at the very last minute, like you said, right before that deadline hit, he goes, Actually, I'm going to Miami. Yeah. OK, maybe we should get that under control. Um, but in general, it's it's good for the sport because exactly like what you said, it's these athletes were making. Well, not we God, I wish we. But these schools are making millions and millions of dollars off their backs. And yes, they are students. But, you know, it's what's the difference between, you know, a student doing that and a student working at like a burger joint while they're putting themselves through school. Well, according to the people who say, like, there is no difference, well, there is no difference than they should be able to get money just like the other student does. Um, so, yes, it needs some regulation. And I understand what the detractors are saying. This killed the Pac-12. This is going to kill the ACC because the ACC is going down. Um, no, it didn't. That all was inevitable. It sped up the process, certainly, but it was all inevitable. And this transfer portal, good for them. Okay? You lose your job, like a guy that we're going to talk about who <clears> – <throat> maybe went from Kansas State to Ohio State, something like that where your job is also in jeopardy and you can make a jump to a school where like you're elevated with talent level and you, your job is unquestioned, why is that a bad thing? If you if you were at work, put like viewer, listener, put yourself in their shoes. If you were at work and this newcomer was kind of nipping at your heels the entire time and a better company came in and said, hey, how would you like you a know, million dollars to come work with us where that won't be happening. You're telling me you won't take that deal. It's the look, there is a illusion. And this is where my friends get really mad at me. There's a illusion of purity in college football. That illusion has taken long enough to break. It's broken. Yes. It is minor league football. It always has been. It's the, it's the astronaut meme with the gun where it's like, Oh, it's Brown. It's like, Oh, it always has been. Yeah. That's what it is. So, Yes, I, I agree. There is some changes needed with the NIL, but in general, it is a great, great change for college football moving forward. Are there going to be two mega conferences? Yes. It was always going to happen. It just sped it along about a decade.
0: Yeah, I'm actually for the NIL too, and it's not because it's selfish reasons that I want to play the NCAA football game. It's going to be what so
1: is- much fun. We got to do an online I- dynasty. I'm already doing one with all the, all the guys we I, I just named. We already have our online
0: dynasty planned.
1: Where it's oh, like, okay, sure. so Monday sure. nights are going to be our recruiting nights, and then we'll advance you know, on Tuesday
0: morning, and it's just going to be so much fun. No, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I think it's just everything that you laid out, too, where it's just like, you know, why shouldn't these athletes, student athletes, if you want to call them that, obviously, just get paid to do something that, you know, like you said, if they're taking a part-time job somewhere else outside of their uh, st- uh, uh, studying activities, then it's like, why not? Like, I mean, this is pretty much in the same realm. But then also I think the biggest thing that I'm a big proponent for is parity. And that's where, you know, obviously you got your – in the old days, it's like you got your Alabama's, you got your Clemson, you got your Isle, Ohio State's. That's just like they're always going to lead the recruiting class because they just have better facilities. Now it's like I'm still – they're still going to be the leaders in a lot of aspects because they just have better, you know, support. They'll obviously have better money to sort of then throw out at athletes too. But it's like I think a lot of these other schools that sort of kids, uh, you know, put together some money or you know NIL deals or sponsorships or whatever it is to bring some better talent. It could lead to a lot more better competition, especially with the national tie, tie playoff sort of expanding now. It could lead to better competition instead of like getting your powerhouses at the top and it's like why did we expand to 12 teams? It really. Did didn't matter because we're still gonna see the same four teams in the actual finals here. But this, I think, with the NIL, you can sort of lure some other guys to come to your school, like your Floridas, like your Florida states, like your Boston colleges, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but just like or, some of those or even,
1: have a- even bigger. Sorry to interrupt you, but a perfect example of this is I mean, look, spoiler alert, we're gonna talk about Will Howard in a bit. Um, yeah. who did Will Howard replace? Kyle McCord. Who went to do you know where he transferred to? Syracuse if I remember Syracuse correctly. Syracuse yeah. never would have been yeah. in the running before like Very Syracuse true? landed one of the biggest quarterback names in college football that's crazy that's insane all because yes he is around from that area but still but not even that close he's from Pennsylvania so it's not even like certain Syrac- like New York is like his next-door neighbor um, yeah. So, like, it, that was just a crazy good get for Syracuse. NC State with McCall, like you said, mm-hmm. NC State's not the end all be all. And so, then that's a, sorry, this is why I want to interrupt because all my friends, especially as TCU fans, that's what they were worried about is like, well, you know, TCU's never going to get these guys. Now, we never got those guys in the first place.
0: It's true.
1: But now we're seeing that kind of spread out. And this is really big is the Oregon coach apparently turned down the Alabama job because the Atlanta, they were not yeah. caught up. On the NIL, Saban was relying so heavily on, you know, himself, which is not a bad strategy that like when other coaches look, they're like, we can't keep up. Like we're going to come in. We are going to fall behind at first, which is fascinating. Like Alabama being scared of falling behind would sound ludicrous three years ago.
0: No, you make a great point. I'm like very I think passionate just like about this. The old ways of recruiting are kind of done now. So it's like you can't rely on just what the things you were doing before. You have to make that shift now to sort of incorporate some of these new things. And I think that's where some of these other schools can sort of get a leg up. That's like if they start, you know, doing all of this now, they can compete with all those bigger schools. And so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proponent for it. I like it. I'm a good fan, big fan for it. So. Talking about the NIL, obviously that leads to some of these players that obviously enter the transfer portal. A lot of players going into transfer portal, a lot of names that you didn't expect. Um, So we want to bring up some names that can obviously affect the 2025 NFL draft. So, I mean, Tad, who's a guy that you want to bring up that entered the transfer portal, that transferred to another school, or still is maybe a pending decision that just, like, you want to talk about as far as, like, the decision was interesting, how this will affect the 2025 NFL draft. Like, I mean, their draft stock overall, but I mean, just like anything and everything there. But just like, yeah, what are your thoughts as far as a guy that you want to bring up regarding the transfer portal?
1: Well, his decision was interesting because he made multiple. Um, <laughs>
0: and as for his draft
1: stock, this is why I want to talk about it because – and you love to hear uh, this from the draft guy. I don't know – Where's draft stocks going to go? Because I could see it going either way. Uh, and by either way, I mean like skyrocketing into this guy could have first round potential to this guy sucked with his new team. He's done. He's out. Um, and that's Will Howard. So let's first talk him. We, we had our very good friend. I was kind of hoping he was going to jump on randomly at some point tonight. <laughs> uh, Al Rowe. Um, and he came on this you know show to talk about when Will Howard first announced, hey, I'm going to USC. And if memory serves out, I was like, okay, I like it, but you know, eh. he seemed kind of like middling on it. Yeah. Um, And then he decided not to go to USC and yeah. I guess now he's at Ohio state. Well, not, I guess that's official now. So he is officially now with Ohio state. And by the way, even before USC, apparently he toured Miami and uh, he was ready to sign right there with Miami, but Miami was like, wow. Hey, we're not sure. Which, okay, Miami, whatever you say. Um, <laughs> So with Will Howard, it's, it's interesting because I, the first time I really watched this guy was actually in person at Cowboy Stadium two years ago when uh, TCU played Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. And I remember turning to a friend in the second quarter going, this guy could go in the first. Like, just the way he, you know, moved in the pocket was really, really good. And then, unfortunately, this next year or this last year out of Kansas State was his first true year uh, as a, like, full-time starter. He kind of split time before that. Um, He finished with 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So, like, okay, good, not great. He did finish with nine rushing touchdowns, though. So 33 overall touchdowns. So he showed a lot of promise, and I think that it was just one of those things where Kansas State just doesn't quite have that talent to get him over the hump. And plus, they were kind of giving up on him, where they're benching him a lot, which is ironic because they were doing the same thing with him and the guy ahead of him last year. So Will Howard now with a top-tier program that, frankly, has no other option than to start him. He is in no danger as of now of being benched. I will be fascinated because, like I said, that he shows enough physical promise that I could see him elevating himself, like we were talking about with Quinn Ewers, into that conversation of should he be QB1, should he be QB2? Or if he can't get it done with Ohio State, and let's say Ohio State loses three or four games, kids are going to go undrafted. And it's, it's that, you know, hopefully he can deal with it, but like all the pressure is riding on this kid, especially because – I didn't like his fit with USC so much because it felt like more pressure than Ohio state. But if you're going for less pressure, Ohio state's like second to USC. Like those two programs are probably under the most fire of blue bloods right now.
0: It's actually funny that you bring up Ohio state because that's actually the team that I want to talk about with Ooh. my transfer portal decision here. And I want to talk about the backfield. Cause I mean, you're talking about Kansas state, maybe not having the greatest weapons there. Well, Ohio State's actually returning a lot of players. We're talking about players that should have declared, should didn't declare. Um, they're returning a lot of players that probably could have had a a very high draft stock in this year's draft, but decided to come back because they kind of want to compete with Michigan winning a national title. This is sort of the rumor that I'm hearing. That's like, they brought back a lot of these people. That's like, no, let's go get one. Marvin Harrison
1: Jr. almost came back just to be, that was the
0: thought. But, uh, the other receiver, Emeka Abuka, he came back. They Uh got the defensive end, edge rusher, Jack Sawyer came back. Their premier quarter, Denzel Burke came back. That was shocking. Yeah, but then I think this was the more shocking one, and that was the running back Travion Henderson. So mm. we were talking about, Tad, the running back class this year being like, I don't know if there's going to be a guy in the first round. Travion Henderson would have been that guy. Yeah, I 100% think he has the skill set. He would have been the clear-cut, no-question, number one running back in this year's draft class. So it was a little yeah, surprising to see him come back, especially, Tad, with the news that the very good running back out of Ole Miss, the sophomore, Quinshawn Junkins, he declared that he was transferring to Ohio State. And this was before Trevion Henderson decided that he was going to come back. So I wonder if that played into it or whether he just, I don't know what it was, or just like take some tread off the tire for like he's going to have to share that backfield there so he can still improve his skill set but not be overworked. Like maybe that was part of the decision. But just, it was very surprising because I mean, I was watching tape of this guy and it was just. He's good. Very. Very good. He's so like good. I said, he would have been the clear cut number one running back in this year's draft class. He would have been the guy that's like if he was in this draft class, I'd be like, OK, I can see him going in the first draft. But without him, it's like I really don't think so. But I mean, very patient. He's smart. He's waiting for the running holes to develop, waiting for the blockers to set up his running lane. So, I mean, he's very good at that aspect. He's like we're talking about the three down running backs going away. Henderson can be that three-down running back because he's very gifted in the pass game as well. He can pick up the bas- pass blocking really well. He can run inside the tackles, outside the tackles as a speed threat. He's got that home run speed ability too. But, I mean, just he presents everything that you want in a running back. There's very little that I saw that I wasn't happy with. So, I mean, there's a lot more I have to watch. But now I get a full year to sort of see that. And this is where it gets interesting because, like I said, Quinshawn Jenkins coming from Ole Miss – There's a lot of things that I liked with him, but it's actually kind of funny because a lot of people are talking about how great of a running back that that he is. I see him as sort of like a jack of all trades. It's like he's good at a lot of things, and he's a very effective running back, but there's nothing about it that made me scream like – oh, my God, this guy is going to be sensational. Now, obviously, he's still a sophomore. So, I mean, he's still got two years of eligibility going to uh, Ohio State here. So, he'll stay maybe one year, maybe one year after that with Henderson leaving most likely next year. We'll see exactly what happens there. Um, He is a senior. So, yeah, he will go there. Um, But just the biggest thing was just that, like, he was patient, but he wasn't very patient. He was, like, a good pass catcher, but he wasn't the greatest pass catcher. He had good speed, but he didn't have elite speed. So, it was just a lot of these things that he was, like, good at. But there's nothing that he was, like, great or exceptional at. So hopefully here, sharing a backfield with Travion Henderson, they can sort of be that one-two punch combo. It could be a very similar situation with, you know, Georgia back in 2017 with Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. So it's like maybe this could be a similar situation where they're both going to get drafted, where one guy maybe will have all the hype around him. But then the other guy may actually end up being better better because, remember, Sonny Michelle ended up going higher than Nick Chubb. But who's still playing in the league right now? Nick Chubb you know, for, for
1: now sorry. depending on how the knee goes sorry sorry nick
0: no it's but, fair it's fair i've seen uh, pick a uh, video of him like walking around so it seems like he well, should be on track to heal up by next year but just like yeah nick chubb has ended up being the better prospect so yeah here we're talking about trevin henderson maybe quid junkins will be the better prospect overall but just i was very surprised to see it especially both coming back to ohio state but then as i thought about it a little bit further i was like with everybody returning to Ohio State, maybe they're just really loading Bring up to it. really go after that national title and really, like, you know, stick it to Michigan for winning it this uh, this past year. So, but, yeah, I was really surprised when I saw that. I was like, Trevor Henderson not declaring was surprising. And then Judd Kids going to Ohio State to compete in that backfield with Henderson. I was like, that was a little bit questionable, too. So
1: That's what I love so much about this rivalry is it's ridiculous. Like, how many rivalries <laughs> convince half of your team to come back just so it's like, hey, hey, hey. They won the national title. We got to do it next year. Like, yep, I am honestly play. terrified of Ohio State next year because – Honestly, I am too. Yeah. Not only are they good, they're pissed, which is oh, yeah. very scary. Very angry team, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of – because I completely agree with you. Everything going on with Ohio State is hugely surprising with Denzel Burke returning um, and a, a big – how you say it? Make a – like Buka? Emeka, Buka, yeah Okay. There we go. I actually did that right. Um, yeah. Like oh, those two returning were massively surprising to me because those two were near locks for top 15. Um, yeah. definitely first round. So again, like, it's just like that, the hate of Michigan runs so strong. They're all coming back, but Judkins transfer reminded me of something, you know, I'll go even more recent than your Georgia example. Uh, Michigan this year where Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum kind of cannibalized each other's draft stock where, you know, I could see justification for either one going in that, like I said, maybe somebody in the late first round decides one of them's worth it. But you look at the stats, none of them's gonna prove it because none of them really had a chance to break out because they just kept eating into each other's stats. I think I see a very similar situation here where Henderson would have been locked for the first round, but depending on how much his production gets eaten into, this could end up taking him.
0: No, it's very true. It's very true. So, but uh, that's another guy that I think made the smart decision. Donovan Everett's going back to Michigan. He now has a yeah. backfield to, to himself. I think he could really separate himself and be a premier running back in the next few year's draft class. So, we'll see how it all plays out. Tad, is there one more guy that you want to bring up as far as the transfer portal here?
1: Just real quick. Uh, and this one is very, very recently. Uh, actually, two more just very recently. Is uh, The first one is Isaiah Bond, the you know receiver mm-hmm. out of Alabama, who, of course, in the Nick Saban news uh, left. And he yeah, a- he's not the only
0: one. They've lost a lot of prospects. Josh down, week. little brother. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. So yeah, they're losing a lot of prospects, and yeah, it's very interesting to see how that team is going to look next year with some of these decommits, I should say, not commits.
1: <laughs> so he's not the perfect comparison because he's small. He being Bond, he is smaller than other uh, the, the past years Texas receivers were. But again, with what I was kind of saying about Ewers is him going into a proven system that we know receivers can uh, flourish in. With you know Xavier Worthy getting 75 catches for over a thousand yards, whereas you know Bond never got over 50 catches or a thousand yards at Alabama so I think that that is a guy who could really really break out and you know is a name to look out for to be a real riser in next year's uh big boards as for oh, I feel I I feel bad for him but at the same time it's like you're an idiot um this news I just saw tonight um to his little brother and I'm not even gonna
0: try oh to yeah out. Talia Talia Tagovailoa yep You moron. So for
1: those of you who don't know, (laughs) had he stayed in Maryland, he would have been granted his last year in college football. He decided to enter the transfer portal and then appeal to the NCAA looking for this magical six year that wasn't there uh, because of red shirt, you know, fine print and stuff like that. And uh, it just released, I just found out tonight, uh, he has officially been declined for his extra year of eligibility. So he is now declaring for the NFL draft. There's no way. There's no choice.
0: It. That's why, <laughs> I, of course, there's no choice.
1: He also isn't going to get drafted. Yeah.
0: So bad call. Bad call there. Be careful of that transfer portal. Exactly. So last guy that I want to bring up, we were sort of talking about like NAL and that's sort of affecting a lot of the transfers here. But we we're talking about Division Two going to Division One. That's exactly what I have here. So, um, actually, I. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ted, but Ivy League is still Division One, is it not, or is that it's like Division?
1: 2? It's a weird like Division One A thing where Division like 1A, are, is that yeah, what it is? They're, they're like Division One, but it's like secondary Division One.
0: Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't think they're that low as Division. No, they're not D
1: two, but, they're anyway, D2, but yeah, might as well.
0: You're going from lesser competition in the Ivy Leagues to now going to a big. If, if they
1: go the undefeated, year. they're not making a bowl game.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So you're going for the lesser competition, the Ivy Leagues, to now going to the SEC here at the University of Florida. And this is the defensive tackle, Joey Slackman. So he's going to be a senior in his final year. He just won the Bushnell Cup, which is an award given to the Ivy League's best offensive player as well as defensive player. So he won it for the defensive side of the ball, obviously. He had four sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and 50 total tackles last season. Like, he was just a dominant threat. Uh, funny thing, Tad, is that he actually didn't start as a Defensive lineman he entered uh the university of pennsylvania quick pop quiz do you know what the mascot is for the university of pennsylvania quakers Ah, nicely done. Nicely one, of my, one of
1: my best friends from high school went there, and I was like, ah, there you go. Quaker? And
0: it, was just it's, like... it sort of naturally, it sort of fits yeah, there with yeah. Penn, Pennsylvania, and all that stuff, right? So, but yes, they are, the, in fact, the Quakers. But he actually came to the University of Pennsylvania as a wrestler, but because of the COVID year, they didn't have wrestling practice, or they were, like, canceling the season. So that's when he went back to football, because that was all happening, and so that's where he sort of stayed, and he ended up being a very dominant. Uh,
1: wrestling? Tackle. No, no, we can't let wrestling happen. Football? Hey, it's okay.
0: I, I don't know. Maybe because they're whatever it is, but just they didn't happen. Uh, whatever but just, yeah. it is, is money. <laughs> probably. That's probably the bigger thing there. But he was able to translate those wrestling skills into his defensive line play. He said it's a lot of hand placement. That's exactly yeah. what you're doing in wrestling. So he's able to leverage that at the defensive tackle position. He ended up getting because he declared in the transfer portal. He was getting offers from close to 30 schools to have because a lot of people wanted a piece of this guy, including some big name schools, including Michigan, your defending national champions, Oregon, Washington was the runner-up. Runner-up, Colorado with prime time obviously there, and of LAFB Network. USC was very interested in the guy as well. Um, so those are the schools that offered him. But yeah, obviously he ended up choosing Florida. He really liked his visit there, um, and just with the skill set, you obviously could see that he's developed some things because obviously playing in the Ivy League is a little bit developmental there, not as stiff competition there. But shows good rage, lateral quickness. He can go sideline to sideline as far as the defensive line is concerned. can make some good tackles in the backfield. He doesn't have as strong of a pass rush skill set. So I think that's something he can develop there at the University of Florida. He kind of is only relying on a bull rush technique. So if he could develop a little bit more than that, I think that can help him on the pass rushing effort. But he's a very good run defender. Um, great stamina, great motor. He's just as effective in the fourth quarter as he is at the beginning of the game. So that's something that you could definitely utilize, especially at the defensive tackle position this guy's not going to get tired on you. He could be in there as a constant force on your line. So I really like the skill set that he brings. And, yeah, coming to a bigger school, playing against tougher competition, I think he really developed his skills further. And he could be a name to keep in mind as we look to that 2025 NFL draft. Still got a lot of time. We still haven't gotten to the 2024 NFL draft. But, yeah, he could be a very intriguing prospect to watch, especially if you're watching a lot of SEC football.
1: I mean, clearly you've watched more of his tape than I have,
0: so I have yeah. not watched a single tape <laughs> But that's the funny thing, guy. too, is that there's not a lot of tape on it because it's – Well, like, hardly surprising, like very few pieces of tape here to watch, but it's like, uh, yeah. I love yeah, no, that piece of tape, I probably watch all of it. You watch probably very little of it. That's,
1: that's, a, that's a feeling I'm about to become very familiar with, as you are, is like we are about to begin our Senior Bowl preparation. And that's the worst is when you're looking at the roster. I remember exactly the player, too. is last year was Marte Mupe. Mapu, yeah. whatever. Sac- yeah, our, Mapu, Sacramento yeah. our Sacramento State. I was just like, ah, yeah. oh,
0: shit. It's tough. It's and
1: I'm tough. like, I'm going to have to track this down somehow. And I tracked down very little. <laughs> um but point being is I have heard of this guy and he is fascinating me because very rarely do you hear this much hype with a Ivy
0: Leaguer um and it's, yeah, I wanted to save you some of the embarrassment, but TCO is one of the other schools that tried to offer it. We're anything. always in the running for guys like that. <laughs> we're never gonna land them.
1: Um, exactly like what I said is, is, that, is, is nil is not the reason we did not land that guy. It's actually um, one of the
0: funniest running jokes I have a friend with a friend of mine. Quick, quick transition to baseball here, but I was talking with him, but he's a Giants fan, San Francisco Giants, and every year, every time I'm on my Twitter timeline here, I keep seeing about like, oh, the Giants are interested in this guy. Oh, the Giants are interested in this guy. I'm like. It really doesn't matter because they're going to be interested in everybody. Tell me when they signed a guy. They were that close like to show you. They were
1: that close <laughs> <they're,
0: they're laughs> to show They were to show you. Tony, there's a, uh, uh you'll They're interested in Marcus Stroman. They're interested in Aaron judge last year. It's like, Tell me what they actually signed because all the Aaron judge thing actually is surprisingly close. nothing to me. And so, yeah, I keep joking with my friend about it, but it seems like TCU is very much in that same we're the boat. Same like, tell boat, me when yeah. you actually get a guy. We're in the same
1: just- boat where it's like this five star may come here and we're like, it's- no,
0: it's just <laughs> damn
1: it. Um, But no, I'll be very interested to see how he pans out. I, I do worry is uh, is he going to fall victim to the hype? Where, like, even if he doesn't, it's kind of like, granted, he did end up going first overall regardless, but it's kind of like Jadavion Clowney, or this is a guy who actually did slightly fall victim to the hype because his draft stock did fall as a uh, a result, Uh, Jadavion Clowney or Ed Oliver. And notice how both of those are defensive linemen who were facing massive, you know, expectations going into their final college year. And they didn't even have bad years. Look up their years. Because especially uh, Jadeveon, where people were like, well, he didn't have 20 sacks again. It's like, well, yeah, that's what makes a historic season historic. Um, (laughs) So, like, neither one of them had bad seasons, but they did tend to – their reputations suffered because of it. So I'm I'm just hoping, especially this guy, that would be so unfair making this level of a jump. If you struggle a bit, you struggle a bit. That's understandable. Um, But regardless, he will be one of the more interesting – College
0: football players to watch. 100% accurate there, Tad. So, yeah, this is just a small dive into 2025.
1: We need to do college football more often. This was fun.
0: (laughs) Hey, we got three more months of it talking about the nfl draft in the 2024 nfl draft like i said we sort of did a little bit of a quick diversion here talking about the 2025 nfl draft with the transfer portal there but also we talked about some early declares that maybe shouldn't have and some guys that made the right decision going back and maybe some guys that you know probably should have declared so yeah we've covered all of that but yeah this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to our college football talk especially when it comes to draft season here like we talked about we're going to be doing our senior bowl live stream our annual tradition uh so that'll be coming up in just a handful of weeks here. We'll also be talking about, maybe not live stream, but we'll be doing some coverage for it. The East-West Shrine game, we'll be talking about the HBCU Legacy Bowl as well. Um, Obviously, right after that, you got the combine. After that, you got pro days. And of course, it'll all conclude at the end of April with the NFL draft. So yeah, it should be a lot of fun here, Tad, covering all these prospects. Getting ready to do our homework. I know, Tad, me, and you, we're gonna get heavy into it this weekend. Obviously, getting ready for the Senior Bowl, uh, figuring out which positions we're gonna be researching. But yeah, it's gonna be a ton of fun. And guys, I mean, the best way you can follow us for all of our great content is you see our ticker down below. I got it at the tail end this time, Tad. I got actually missed my. That
1: time was still out. pretty good. That was better than it's what I bad. did
0: when I hosted. So <laughs> it's not bad. So you see the ticker down below. You got us on all social media handles. You got us on Twitter, me at unside 23 Tad at decide Tad 94 got the show handle at The side Guys, and we're on at the side guys as well so make sure you're interacting with us with all your college football takes what do you think about the nil deals we'd love to hear your opinions there who do you think should have declared that did not who do you think declared they shouldn't have uh um, what are your thoughts about some of the guys that were brought up in the uh the transfer portal you know quinch on judkins travion henderson joey slackman if you have tape we'd love to see it if if you have you tape, send, like please slackman. send it our way We'd love to sort of leverage that for our homework here for 2025. Uh, but, guys, we're also still the fantasy guys. So, I mean, there's still a lot of fantasy leagues that are going on. A lot of people are starting up leagues, whether it's a startup dynasty league, starting up keeper leagues, whatever league that you're still in. If you still need advice as far as, like, draft trading for picks or the rookie draft that should be coming after the NFL draft or if you just need help in just any sort of instance – Please interact with us for all your fantasy football needs still. We're still here to help you, obviously. Uh, but, guys, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAFB Network website. Total not options. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. Watch us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please, guys support our parent Network and LAFB Network. There's a lot of great content coming to you with the Chargers and the Rams at the professional level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So a lot of great content coming from them. But guys, to everybody who's already, you know, watching the videos, who's interacting with our social media handles, who's listening to the podcast, I mean, just anything and everything that you do to support the podcast, we really can't thank you enough. Take a breath, buddy. My God. <laughs> That's a little bit better. I took some positive I was levels. No,
1: it was better. It was just like, I'm just worried about your health here. Do did, did somebody okay. get an inhaler? <laughs> Okay. Um, but not only are we here for fantasy football advice, look, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. It's going to be a little while before our next mock draft comes out. But if you want to know who we think your favorite I have to team, pull the
0: rays back on Tad for we that do. one, because you we can't really just do. drop we, mock
1: every single week. We, I would be you know. like Mel Kiper, honestly, like just dropping <laughs> it way too often. But, um, yes, rightfully so. Our next mock draft is not dropping until probably post combine. Um, so, If you want to get a little Chico, though, and go, hey, who do you think the Seahawks are going to take or Who – what do the 49ers do? And anything like that, Amir. Um, I got you covered there. Yeah, you do. So, (laughs) yeah, we got you covered. We will comment. Our our last video is doing great on YouTube. Excellent, awesome comments. showing us the love, and we're showing it right back. So be sure to comment. Asking any question related to the draft you have, you can ask what the meaning of life is, too. I'm just going to say 42, even though none of my students understand that reference. Um, But as always, guys, you can always hit us up for any questions, either on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. We would love to interact because it's going to be a great draft season. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And please stay safe, everyone.